Well, I haven't got a, I mean, a massive detailed report on um, everything we've been doing, but uh, that is in the annual report that's online. Um, but uh, it's often traditional for me to say something about where we are and our direction of travel and that kind of thing. Somebody once said, it's better to travel than to arrive. It's an interesting phrase. Uh, road trips can be fun, but when it comes to summer holidays, I find it's usually far better to arrive than to travel, don't you? Uh, getting to a longed-for holiday destination can be trying and taxing, and sat-navs and maps on phones can be very useful, though not always. Um, if the destination's off the beaten track, then it's not always straightforward. And yet we travel hopefully to our holiday destination because of the promise of a relaxing, exciting holiday um, that is always before us. Sometimes, often, I trust, it is worth the hassle to get somewhere. Unless the air traffic control goes down like it did this weekend and your hours and hours in an airport like uh, the Robbies have been in the last few days. Well, at the start of this new academic year, we're reflecting on the state of the Church of England and our collective hopes for the future. In these challenging times, can we navigate the future with hope? Or is it just a pointless waste of time with nothing to urge us forward? It is no secret, is it, brothers and sisters, that the Church of England is undergoing significant changes and challenges. We've witnessed shifts in societal values, theological debates, and even our very place in the Anglican Communion. It seems that there has been a failure of leadership at the very top. A failure to stick to the truth, despite the pressure. And instead, we have sneaky attempts to subvert and circumvent our constitution for the sake of what some see as cultural catching up. Meanwhile, the money for ordinary parish ministry seems to be running out in some places, while dioceses just throw parishes together into unwieldy units and plan for a reduction in clergy numbers. While these changes can be very unsettling, they also provide us with an opportunity for us to reevaluate and reaffirm our commitment to what the Church of England is meant to stand for. We can look for the positive possibilities in such a time of flux, rather than just seeing the thunderclouds ahead. One by one, many parishes are being transformed by ministers who are dedicated to revitalisation. It is costly and not quick, but it might be the best hope that we have of reforming the church, one parish at a time, while all the attention and the publicity is somewhere else. The work of our network of revitalisation ministries, NORM, particularly what our regional directors have been doing to get that off the ground, strengthen it and expand it, is a great hope for the future. Sometimes, on the other hand, as conservative evangelicals, we spend more time considering our potential departure than we do planning for a positive future within the church. 
It may be unsettling to plot a course ahead to a more favourable and desirable outcome. That's a challenge, isn't it, with everything that's going on. But to arrive at that longed-for future, what a joy. What a joy that would be. Charlie Screen said uh, in his talk this morning at Jake, the, the conference, Junior Anglican Evangelical Conference, um, that we are living through history. Isn't it exciting? We may get to see how this all turns out in our lifetimes. What a joy if it turns out in some positive ways. As conservative evangelicals, though, what is our role? What is our role? We hold firmly, I trust, to the foundational teachings of Scripture and the historic faith of the church. Our role in this evolving landscape is crucial. We are called to be a voice of unwavering faith in Jesus Christ, a beacon of hope and a source of spiritual guidance for those who are seeking a deeper connection with God. If we really believe that the spiritual roots of the Church of England are sound, planted firmly in Scripture and such teachings of the ancient church as are in accordance with Scripture, then we must not simply give it away or give up. Pruning may be required, but there is a precious plant here which needs our close attention. Sometimes, on the other hand, we are seen only as difficult and distant Often we seem depressed and despondent. I naturally feel that way too, much of the time. But then I also remember that our God is an expert at resurrection, at bringing good out of evil. And that gives me hope to navigate the uncertainties of the future because Jesus is still alive. Jesus is still reigning and he promises to be with us Till the end of the age. If we truly believe that, then we can be hopeful. So what are our hopes for the future? In the face of all these challenges, we find hope in the unchanging promises of our Lord. Our hopes for the future in the Church of England include biblical faithfulness. We hope for a church which continues to uphold the authority of Scripture and maintains a strong public commitment to biblical teachings. Church society staff will be pushing hard for this when we meet with those who are overseeing the Living in Love and Faith process in October. Pray for us. Pray for me and for Chris Moore, particularly, who will be meeting with others at Lambeth. But biblical faithfulness at a national level cannot happen if we are not also faithful at the local level. Teaching the faith and living it out in the messiness of our own lives and our own parishes. So biblical faithfulness we hope for. Secondly, we hope for unity. We pray for unity within the church where differing perspectives on many issues can coexist 
in love and respect, fostering healthy dialogue and growth. But not unity at the expense of truth, not unity at all costs, or unity which compromises the gospel. I rejoice, though, at the unified stance of evangelicals within the Church of England's Evangelical Council. We have many disagreements amongst us as a council, but treasure that unity that we have in our common Christian faith. We must pray for that because it's precious and not to be taken for granted. It will be under strain in the next year. Let's pray for it. Biblical faithfulness, unity. Thirdly, evangelism must be our hope for the future, don't you think? We aspire to be a church that is passionate about sharing the gospel, reaching out to those who've not yet heard of Jesus or embraced him by faith. If we are not holding out the word of life in our parishes, then naturally the national church will not be bearing witness to it either. Our hope for the future of the Church of England is that it will be increasingly filled with people who come to know the Lord. That's what we're about, isn't it? We can't move the central institutions of the church without that. And more importantly, we can't fulfil the Great Commission from Jesus if we neglect evangelism. So evangelism should remain our priority in every place. We shouldn't just be pragmatists, but pragmatically, if you want to change the Church of England, you've got to start by changing the local church and growing the local church. Biblical faithfulness, unity, evangelism. Fourthly, discipleship. We need to, and we seek to, to deepen our <coughs> discipleship. Growing in our faith and encouraging others to do the same. Too often, people won't hold firm to the Bible's teaching because they've never really been taught what it is on the issues of the day where it is most under attack. Lay people ought to be demanding that this is rectified and remedied immediately because sermonettes make Christianettes and ministers who don't pastor their flocks by feeding them with the word are negligent. Jesus will have words with them on the last day. Discipleship also means service. We aim to be actively involved in our communities, demonstrating Christ's love through our actions and our outreach. So those four things are our hope for the future. Biblical faithfulness, unity, evangelism and discipleship. It's been a great delight, as uh, Ros mentioned in the AGM, to welcome several new churches as partner churches with Church Society over the last few months. This is a fantastic way to show that we are not alone in all of these troubles. Has your church considered becoming a partner church to express your solidarity, to support our work and to show the wider church that we are united? 
together we can support one another, pray for one another and actively engage in church transformation. In the coming months, we will have more opportunities, various opportunities for fellowship, discussion and prayer to further explore all of these topics and discern our path forward. So may God's grace and wisdom guide us as we navigate these uncharted waters. Let us remain steadfast in our faith and hopeful for the future because it's all in his hands. Amen. Amen.